welcome to our podcast where I, Andrew Chapman, and me, Rachel Howes, get together around the microphone once a week to talk about the novellas we are writing. In this podcast, we'll be journalising our escapades as we embark as two authors with one journal, writing two separate novellas within three months. We've given ourselves a further three months to edit the manuscript, design and create a book cover, and publish the novellas with a launch date of Christmas Eve 2019. Yeah. This week, Andy gets angry about novellas, mm-hmm. and we share our thoughts on the project. Stick around, though, to the end of the podcast, where we reveal our current ideas for our individual stories. Yeah, you know, if you want to know what we're going to write, stick around. So, Andy, novellas, mm-hmm. what's made you angry? Nobody takes them seriously. Publishers won't publish them. Big prize people won't give prizes to them. And when they do give prizes to them, they pretend that they're not novellas. There's something else entirely. And what do they pretend they are? Short novels. Which when, is essentially what a novel is. Yeah. A novella is. When Ian McEwen wrote on Chesil Beach, that was a novella. Right. Very short. Okay. Man Brooker Prize peoples. Yeah. They don't like giving prizes to novellas. But he wrote a really good book, and so they gave it a prize and called it a short novel. So is there a difference between a novella and a short novel? Yeah, one of them doesn't exist, the short novel. So we're essentially writing two things that won't exist. Well, we're, uh, I'm very fond of novellas. I've read many of them. You've written two? I've written two. And it's annoying because publishers don't like them, prize people don't like them but uh, I have evidence that suggests that uh, novellas are good okay hit me with your I have 35 pieces of evidence okay I hope you're all sitting comfortably folks here are my 35 pieces of evidence to prove that novellas are not only good but some of the best books ever written are novellas and the publishers should start giving me lots of money for novellas that I write (laughs) Okay. All right. So, Animal Farm by George Orwell, Of Mice and Men, Not. John Steinbeck, Old Men and the Sea, Ernest Hemingway, and The Metamorphosis by Franz Kafka, The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho, can't say his Paolo name. Paolo Coelho, amazing. A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, can't say his name either. Yeah, close. Uh, Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad, which was turned into that film. Yeah, with... Uh, Marlon Brando. And that Sheen's dad. What was that film called? Armageddon. Is that a film? Apocalypse Now. <laughs> Armageddon, the famous Bruce Willis oil rig in space drilling. Uh, the Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson. A Clockwork Orange by Anthony Burgess. Breakfast at Tiffany's by Truman Capote. Candied by Voltaire. The Ocean at the End of the... Going too fast. The Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman and also Coraline by Neil Gaiman. Technically a kid's book, but I'm counting it because it's good and my daughter likes reading it. Flowers for Algernon. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just went to full-on interviewing... I feel like I'm interviewing Adam Buxton. <laughs> uh, I've been listening to much of his podcast. Uh, I've been listening to Adam Buxton do, and I'm watching him since I was about young. And so he's influenced my way of speaking occasionally. <laughs> um, Flowers for Algernon by Daniel Keyes, which is one of my favourite books ever. The Strange Library by Haruki Murakami, who wrote lots of other novellas and he's brilliant. He wrote 1Q84. The Time Machine by H.G. Wells. The Invisible Man by H.G. Wells. War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. I Death in H. Venice. H.G. Wells is brilliant. Death in Venice by Thomas Mann. 
The Turn of the Screw by Henry James, Lord of the Flies by William Golding, The Gambler by James Toback, The Gunslinger by Stephen King, The Hellbound Heart by Clive Barker, which was Hellraiser. That's what that was based on. Uh, the Postman Always Rings, Rings Twice by James M. Kane, I Am Legend by Richard Matheson, The Third Man by Graham Greene, Rita Hayworth and The Shawshank Redemption by Stephen King, which was turned into one of the best films ever made, agreed by everybody who's ever seen a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heart of a Dog by Mikhail Bulgakov, whose name I can't pronounce, and I'm going to look it up. But he wrote one of my favourite all-time books called Master and Margarita, which has a cat in it that can talk. And it works for the devil. It's very good. Jonathan Nevison Seagull, which is about a seagull, by Richard Back. A Study in Scarlet by Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> the Sign of the Four by <laughs> Arthur Conan Doyle. Hounds of the Basket. Why are you laughing? Uh, why am I laughing? When you look up to... Famous novellas by Arthur Conan Doyle, famous for writing and Sherlock creating Holmes. Sherlock Holmes, and you had to Google, the, had name to of the, Google the name of the author, believing it to be Sherlock Holmes. No, I sometimes get Arthur Conan Doyle and Arthur C. Clarke mixed up in my head, so I was just checking which one it's it was. It's easy mistake to make, they've both got three names. Exactly. And some of them have the same letters in there. Yeah, like A and C. Yeah, The Poem of Miss Jean Brodie, which I'm reading now, Amazing. by Mary Spark. Yeah. By the way, I've read all, all of these novellas apart from two. I'm not knowing the name which ones they are. So there. And The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. That's my evidence. That novellas aren't shit. They are worth reading. They are good books. Some of them are funny. They are all brilliant. And they're generally a quick read as well. So if you do like reading, you don't have time to get stuck into a novel. Novellas are ideal. Yeah, I like reading long novels, and that's great. Spend a long I've time getting lost. I think I've lost count on how many times I've read War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. It is a phenomenal read. It's brilliant. Yeah. And uh, some novellas are shit. But some we don't have a list of those, though. The was There we go. <laughs> Something that maybe edited out of the podcast. <laughs> oh, bleep that bit. <laughs> Oh, and I've got to work out and do bleeping and editing. Yeah. I'll figure that out. Um, I could just go... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's just good, isn't it, to sit down with a coffee or a glass of wine or a whiskey and just read a book in one sitting. Yeah. And it's short. And they're not, and they're good stories. Mm. And, like, <clears throat> you can... You don't have to have lots of B-plots and, like, the meandering storylines. And with big books, when, you know, writing them, some people get lost in the second act and they don't know what to do. Mm. In a novella, if you feel like it, don't need a second act. No. It'd be a very weird story if it didn't have a second act. Yeah. Maybe no fifth act. No, exactly the end. Unless it's a six-act story, just take out the fifth act and end <laughs> on the sixth act. And you're on to a winner. Although if your book has six acts and you have to take two of them out, your book's probably too long. I imagine the look on a lot of our listeners' faces is right now is similar to the look I have on mine. <laughs> I feel very discombobulated. <laughs> I like that word. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that in. Uh, Canadian. I'm going to throw in a fancy word every week. Yeah, you should. Um, the length of a novella. Yeah, what is the official stance on novella lengths? Because there is some difference of opinion. Uh-huh. I personally, I do it by centimetres. So if your book, <laughs> if your book is more than two centimetres thick, it's not a novella. Okay. <laughs> Should we be more practical? 
Okay, let's talk word count. Word count. So, some say that uh, the minimum word count is 7,500 words, which I would disagree. This is my own opinion, which I'm totally entitled to. I would think that would be more of a short story. Mm. Um, I think it would need to be more than that yeah. uh, to be an actual novella. Uh, I especially, there are some authors who say, well, my new novel is coming soon, and they don't say it's a novella. Yeah. And then they put it out for pre-order, mm-hmm. and people buy it, and then when they receive it in the post, and it's only 20,000 words yeah. long, they get very annoyed. Yeah. <coughs> Stephen King, Elevation. Everybody was very annoyed by that. Mm. I think that book was brilliant. Yeah. But I knew I was going to be reading a novella. Yeah. I don't know what my why, why I was saying. That's because a lot that. of people's expectations when it comes to Stephen King are, are big, thick, heavy, you know, real girthy books. Mm. That's what people expect when they hear Stephen King. They don't realise that he has an abundance of novellas Hundreds under of his, his belt. People who say they are massive fans of Stephen King actually don't have an awareness of just how much that man has actually written. Mm. Yeah, something wrong with him, isn't there? Well, he inspired us quite a bit and gave us some. Yeah. Ways to set goals for each ourselves. Like, yeah, yeah, he did. Um, I've forgotten what I was going to say. It's brilliant for a podcast. We're going to edit out all the silence. <laughs> Should we just sit here for a few minutes? Yeah, and just gather our thoughts. Yeah. <sighs> you ever feel like a woman trapped in a man's body? Uh, um, so anything else you've researched oh yeah, no, that wait. made you annoyed got angry when it came to novellas or we just got more oh, no I have some I have a good quote uh, I got this from Wikipedia and, says, and that's how deep I went in my research which, which we all know is fact. Novella this is into Google the new encyclopedia and the Exactly. So, Canadian author George Feverin. I didn't look up what books he wrote. He did write a long essay, I think. Essay or novella? I think. Uh, sometimes. But not at the moment. Not thinking. No. So, but he did say... Um, <laughs> To reduce the novella to nothing more than a short novel is like insisting that a pony is a baby horse. I imagine some of the listeners' faces right now is <laughs> very similar to the look that I've got on my face. I feel like you say that quite a lot. Back to the word count. Though. Yes. So we could easily write uh, seven and a half thousand words in a week and have the novella complete and our yeah. podcast would be done but that would be boring that would be boring and I, I don't think that's long enough for so, a novella so what have we challenged ourselves to do I think should we do 40, above 35,000 yeah like 40, a minimum 000. a minimum bar of yeah. what 35,000 but I think we can't breach 45,000 should we set the limit as 42,000 just because Douglas Adams uh, and it is the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Yeah. So yeah, let's go with forty-two. That's our absolute limit. Yeah. But if we've reached thirty-five thousand, and the story dictates that it's done, then it's we don't done. try and drag it out. Yeah, yeah. I agree. The story is king. So, minimum thirty-five, maximum forty-two. How long are we going to give ourselves to? Three months, to complete the story. We've got yeah. to come up with the ideas. Mm-hmm. We've got to write the stories, yeah, and that's it. Yep, 
and then that's how you write a book. <laughs> um, I've done this before. Just to make, just to let everyone know, um, we can't just write freely all day, every day, because we both work full time. Yeah. So we will be writing in mostly the evenings. Sometimes there's children around. Yeah. Sometimes we've got the children. No, I can't drink any wine. Well, you can drink the wine when the children have gone home. <laughs> um, you know, you are a responsible adult. A responsible adult. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, so we'll be writing mostly in the evenings, yeah. um, on weekdays because weekends are are spent with um, Cassidy. Yeah. Uh, and his daughter. Um, previously, we set us a challenge ourselves to write because we've written, we've just finished writing two novels earlier this year. Two novels. Two novel, two novels, big, big novels. Yeah. Uh, and we aim to write five hundred words a day, um, which, when we averaged it out, we did. Some authors uh, say that you have to write every single day. You have to get up and yeah. you have to write. I disagree with that. Yeah, I. Disagree. I think you have to set yourself a goal. Yeah. And if you set yourself a goal of 500 words a day, and when you sit down to write, you write 1,600 words, you've done three days' worth of writing. Yeah, I completely agree, and that absolutely worked for us. It did. And we we set ourselves then six months to write a novel each, and we figured out 500 words a day we could do yeah. that. And we only wrote two or three days a week, and yeah. we completed our novels. Yeah. And they're bloody good as well. Yeah, they are. Exceptional. Amazing books. Probably the best books ever written. Yeah, I would I would concur. I was trying to think of it for a minute there of a, a, better, a better novel, but I actually can't. Moby Dick, if there wasn't a pointless Wayne encyclopedia in the middle of it. That's it. That's the only book that could have beaten it. I'm not going to lie. When I read Moby Dick, I read Call Me Ishmael, and that was it. Oh. I have not completed that novel. <laughs> it is on the bucket list of books to read oh we could do the bucket list of books to read while we're going through this as well uh-huh. we should read novellas. our own our own little bucket list of novellas yeah um, because there's a lot on that list that you mentioned earlier that I've not read yeah and there's two novellas that I didn't list oh is this the uh, Accidental Scoundrel and Trip in the Night Fantastic yes by Andrew Chapman but we shouldn't talk about them no no because this is about the new ideas and new novellas. So we've given ourselves three months to write the novellas. Yeah. And then at the end of the three months, then what? We're going to design book covers. We're going uh, to get them as clean as possible. Yeah. Because there's lots of rewriting and editing. Mm. Rewriting doesn't necessarily mean rewriting every chapter. No. It just means going through it and tightening the bolts and getting rid of the errors and yeah. moving bits around if they're in the wrong place and yeah. stuff. Um, we're going to do that, maybe fish out for some uh, beta readers to read it for us so they yeah. can read it with eyes that aren't ours. So if you're so interested in being mistakes. one of those, just, yeah. just uh, drop us a message. Exactly. And if you want to write along with us and try and write a novella in the next three months, tweet us and let us know and we'll talk about, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about it as well, innit? it? Yeah. At 2A1J. Yeah. Pod. Exactly. We haven't started writing a single word yet. Yeah. But it's impossible not to have ideas. And so we've had ideas. We've changed ideas. I have had 23 ideas. Yeah, we've (laughs) finalised ideas, then we've changed our minds again. And so we have ideas that we're going to do, but if we come back next week and we're talking about different ideas, it's because different ideas happened. But once we start writing chapter one... The idea is fixed, and that's the story we're going to write. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe by next week we'll have 
working titles for our novellas yeah, that may not titles. necessarily be the final titles exactly. but we'll be able to refer to them a little bit easier mm-hmm. under the working titles what's your idea what you're going to do chapter one blood death misery excellent um horrendous crime scene mm-hmm. all the hallmarks of a known murderer or murderers there are going to be basically seven suspects um, who are all of different ages who are currently serving time for murder that they've already been prosecuted and um, found guilty of all varying in age so from the very young to I'm going to around I think the oldest murderer is going to be around about 78 and the current crime scene has seven indicative traits that these particular suspects are all known for for their previous murder slash murders mm. <clears throat> and the plot is basically going to be around the detective the officers trying to establish what connection the cadaver has got with they're all going to be male suspects what connections they have with these individuals and are any of these guilty of this murder considering that they are currently serving time they're not able to get out of prison yeah so yeah so that's generally the idea it's very loose and fluid it's a very good idea because it means you get to do seven separate character studies of murderers you get to have seven different murderers that you get to flesh out yeah and then the detective has to solve this crime where that has an element of each of them well in essentially the there's eight murders mm. because there's seven mm-hmm. murderers and they're all in and prison an, and there's an eight and unknown body. so that's your idea yeah so I that's that's pretty much the crux of it it's, it's a good it's idea very for fluid. Yeah, yeah it's and it's something that can be quick yeah. um you know so. and entertaining and people yeah, are always going to want to they're going to want to discover that next murderer yeah. and read on and read on yeah, and read that's on it. The, the idea is that they're going to want to know who the next suspect is and what they did and what murder they committed and how it was committed and then hopefully it's a bit of a page turner until ultimately we find out what's happened which I don't know yeah yeah um, so my idea yeah uh, I've cheated I read uh, the play Oedipus Rex many yeah. years ago, mm-hmm. and ever since I read it, I've wanted to do a modern retelling of it, mm-hmm. and I want to take this as an opportunity to do that. Yeah. Right? The good thing about Oedipus Rex is that it doesn't matter if you already know the entire plot before you read the play. Yeah. It's still... You still want to follow it along. In fact, the idea is that you know beforehand yeah. what Oedipus Rex doesn't. Right? And so... The, the general the story is right. Here's the story of Oedipus. Oedipus's parents are king and queen. Mm-hmm. They have a baby whose name is Oedipus, and uh, they go to Apollo or someone, and he says to them, "One day your son is going to grow up to kill his father and lay with his mother." Mm-hmm. And so they don't want that prophecy fulfilled, and so they send one of their staff to take the baby away, and s- spike it through the ankles or through the feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hang it by its feet and let the animals eat it yep. kill the baby like that Oedipus translates to fat foot or something I think And um, but when the guy gets out there to kill the baby he can't do it because it's a baby and it turns out he likes babies and doesn't like killing them so he takes the baby to another land where there's a king and queen who can't have children and he convinces them to adopt the baby mm-hmm. and so they do and the child is raised believing that these are his parents yep. and he goes when he's an older person older in his 20s maybe he goes and sees the uh the delphi what are the, the 
oracle of, at Delphi. Yeah. Right? And she says to him, as a thing, you're going <laughs> to kill your dad and you're going to have babies with your mama. And Oedipus is like, that's not going to happen, old lady. And she's like, and you better get out of here, man. And so he leaves, and he goes on a long journey to get as far away from his parents, who he thinks are his parents. En route, he meets an old man on the road, and they have a debacle, and he dies. Oedipus kills the old man. And then when he gets to this big town, Thebes, there is a sphinx monster destroying the city. And the way you kill the sphinx is by you do the sphinx's riddle. And it's the worst riddle ever, so I'm going to have to rethink a riddle. Because the Sphinx's riddle is what crawls in the morning, walks in the evening, and has three legs in the night. There's some bollocks like that. And the answer is man. <laughs> oh, sh- shittest riddle ever. Right? So <laughs> okay. that's going to be changed. Sophocles couldn't write a good riddle. Um, so, Sophocles would be proud of your um, analogy. Of... So anyway, <laughs> Oedipus, Oedipus. Solves, solves the riddle of the Sphinx. And so the Sphinx goes, oh no, you've got me. Right? And yeah. he dies. Yeah. Easy to call this monster. Lots mm-hmm. of people have tried, so, failed, and then so Oedipus goes into town. Town is saved. Right? Yeah. They say you're amazing. You should become king of Thebes. Mm-hmm. And so he marries the queen and they have babies. Fucking loads of them as well. Mm-hmm. And then later on, much later on, um, uh, they decide where is where was your husband, Queenie? He disappeared, and then you just married me. She says, oh well, he was killed. And then Oedipus goes, oh shit, that was me. And so Oedipus realises that he's just fulfilled his prophecy and he's yeah. shagged his mum. That's a story, right? All I know <laughs> all I know about my version is that it starts it's in modern day. Yeah. It starts by some old disused railway tracks. Yeah. An old abandoned station. There was a pram with a crying baby in it. And there was a man wearing a suit standing next to him and he pours gasoline on the baby. And the baby is crying. And the man lights a match to throw into the pram. And his hand catches fire. And whilst he's patting out the fire in his hand, the baby giggles. And he realises that he can't kill the baby. And so he takes the baby up the pram. And that baby is Oedipus. But he won't be called Oedipus in my story. Because it's just going to... It's going to have the basic framework. Mm -hmm. But everything's going to be different. Like maybe the oracle at Delphi is going to work for Delphi kebabs. I, that's not going to happen in the book but you know <laughs> somehow I've got to try and work out how to make a sphinx destroying a city yeah. work in a modern context and I've got to work out it's, it's not going to be the Queen of England right that this guy's going to marry no so I've got to decide so, something's got to change I've got to find a way to tell this story without making it set in Greece okay that's my plan okay was it set in Greece where's Phoebes I don't know I haven't looked at it. It sounds like I've researched this, but I haven't. The story is stuck in my mind, which is why I want to rewrite it. I think it's a good story. I, yeah, it's a really good story. And I'm going to ruin it. You're not going to ruin it. And I think I'm going to be tempted by making it. My first two novels were comedies. And then my last novel I wrote was a horror and not funny. Very dark, very scary. And I think this is going to blend the two crafts to make not... Uh, babies don't catch fire a in horror? comedies. A horror. Hashtag horror. Or a horomedy. <laughs> a homedy or a horror. So that's my plan. So there you are. You know what we're doing. I and just, yeah. I was just going to say, um, both of us are um, pantsters. Is that the right word? Pantsters, yeah. yeah. That's the way to say it. Although people have suggested that I'm lying. I know. 
Rob well, Gregson, who's a friend of mine, he's a very talented comedy author, novelist man. He's read Shady Town RPG, which is the horror book I wrote. And when me and Rachel, Rachel wrote those books, we had a basic, we had a starting point of stories we wanted to write, and then we just wrote. We just sentence by sentence, paragraph by paragraph, it was chapter wherever by the, chapter. Yeah, it was wherever your. Yeah. Thing, whatever your fingers typed was what came out there wasn't anything planned exactly I knew how I want the story to end because mm. the whole point of my book was to have a horror end as a horror should and mm. not the ways which were, we might go into that in future episodes of mm. the uh, previous books we've written but uh, we did just write unplanned yeah Rob Gregson thinks that I mine has the stinking whiff of much planning there was none I planning. can vouch for him Robert. I write in the way that I think, which I think you have had a sl- an insight into a little bit in this episode one of our podcast, right? Uh, yeah, I think the uh, listeners have certainly learned a lot about you in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, thanks for joining us for episode one. Please tune in next week. These We're going to be releasing these episodes every... Tuesday. Tuesday. T-W-O. Uh, S-D-A-Y. Lols. Uh, Lols. Because it sounds like Tuesday. So that's yeah, so um, that's that then. Um, so oh, yeah. hopefully the next episode will be we'll be able to give you a little bit of an insight as to how the stories are developing so far. Yep. And for where you go to listen to the podcast, yeah. where you heard this podcast, that place. Yep, exactly uh, there. Right. Just click on it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, and follow us. Follow us. At the same place where you've found us. Yeah. 2A1JPod, with an at sign at the beginning, Yeah. on Twitter. And it's the numbers 2, then the letter A, the number 1, letter J. And then pod. P-O-D. Yeah. Yeah, so two offers, one journal. Uh-huh. And the story can, begins. You can follow Rachel at Rachie Petalface. Yeah, and Andy uh, Andy, Andy Chapwriter. On Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, WordPress. Type in Andy Chapwriter and you'll find me. Yeah. And you'll find our podcast through that as well. Yeah. I think that's it. We're going to say goodbye now. Yeah. Until next week. Please come back. Yeah, please. It won't work without you. Guys. And tell your friends, listen, if you think you don't have time to listen to a podcast, drive into work, just, you know what? Start exercising. You probably need it. Yeah. Just put your headphones in, get out there and go for a walk. You don't have to run. You're not being chased. Just go for a nice little walk. Listen to us for 20 minutes. Yeah, don't even put your headphones in. Let everyone else listen to exactly. you on the, on the bus. As loud as you can. Shout 2A1JPod at the top of your voice again and again and again and yeah, again. Yeah, and people will be hearing us all over the buses, on the mm-hmm. trains. Exactly. In Asda, other yeah. supermarkets, chains are also available. In whichever way you communicate, tell people about this podcast. Smoke signals. Yeah. Telepathy. Drawing in blood of the people you've killed. I'm not sure we should condone that until next week, then. You're getting the papers, though. That is true, so yeah, that's fine. Um, just Murder make sure away. it's hashtag uh, 2A1J. In blood. Get trending. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>